Welcome to A World on Fire Season 2, and this is going to be our continuing but final coverage episode of the Freedom Fighters. And of course, as always, I have uh, my fellow Freedom Fighter here with me, Ross. How are you, buddy? I'm doing good, my man. Ha Thanks for having me back on. I know. It feels like it's only been about 12 hours since I talked <laughs> to you last. Yes, this is the fifth <laughs> podcast I have been on in the last 24 hours. <laughs> Fantastic. And then uh, we have uh, a special guest star here, uh, Ward Hill Terry. How are you, man? Hey, I'm fine, Billy. It's I, And it's been at least five weeks since I've been on a podcast. I paced them out, Ross. I'm not trying to kill myself. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah sometimes it's like you know till the things come out it's weeks and weeks on end but it's man it's like oh didn't i just talk to you yesterday or three days ago <laughs> yep <laughs> yeah i billy i don't know how you do this you, you crank out these podcasts i'm almost caught up i'm all i have one more to listen to for the on the um, all-star squadron oh good good you're finally really made it yeah, you're getting there. You're getting there. Yeah, I had three recordings yesterday. I have two today, one Monday, one Wednesday, one Friday coming up. So, yeah, it's a full schedule. <laughs> that is. <laughs> so, but yeah, you, uh, you know, you jumped in on a really cool episode of the show where we talked about that DC special, which was really super cool, kind of like an untold origin of the JSA, which was totally awesome. But, you know, you uh, are going to you know join us here for this uh, final episode of the Freedom Fighters, where we're going to cover uh, issues 13, 14, 15, and then take a peek at Cancelled Comic Cavalcade number two, which had a uh, Secret Society of Supervillains story that had uh, our buddies, uh, the Freedom Fighters, in it as well. But, Terry, up until this point, what was, uh, you know, your uh, your uh, origin here for the uh, Freedom Fighters? Did you get this off the racks, or how did you come about uh, seeing oh, this Oh, my goodness, yeah, I got it off the racks. I just, I'm checking right now at Mike's Amazing World. Just to, to be specific, it was Freedom Fighters number seven was my first issue. And that's when I was just starting to buy more titles. Um, let's see. You know, I wasn't even buying Batman yet or Detective, but I bought Freedom Fighters probably because Superman was on the cover as a miniature Justice League member. <laughs> and that was enough for me to pick up this book because I, I knew nothing about the Freedom Fighters. Um. Although, now that I think about it, I may have read one of the first appearances in Justice League at that point. That's mm. that's very possible. So at least I, I had a passing familiarity. But um, I I really enjoyed it. I was I grasped the story pretty quickly. I liked the characters, and as the um. Too bad it was bi-monthly, but I, I stuck with it, and I really enjoyed it. And I think the high point for the series was the uh, the issue you talked about la your last episode with the the, um, the story of Dollman almost getting executed. Oh, yeah. Which yeah. it's on some levels is pretty ridiculous, but as a comic book, it's terrific. And especially because the inks were so good, the, the best inking this book had – my only um, problem with the series is I really did not like the Jack Abel inks, which is yeah. too bad. I think we've talked about that, Billy, a bit, that sometimes yeah. it's, you know, and we talked about it yesterday. Sometimes the inkers make the book, man. And yes. I miss inkers. I understand that you don't need them anymore. Right. Because but, if, you, if you're doing it electronically, if you're drawing yeah. on, a, on a computer. Digital, and yeah. So, yeah, and it's fine because, I mean, it's, they can, you know, and I see some of the, those guys, they have different styles for different 
time for books. And as I was telling Billy, it's like, you know, every, every, you know, find the right inker for the penciler and the book. What do you yeah. want it? To, what do you want it to look like? But I, I'm not Jack Abel. There's probably he's probably my least favorite inker with only Vince Coletta being. Yeah, I, I agree with you. He was uh, so many stories at, in this time at DC. Abel must have been wicked fast. And that's, <laughs> I think that's why it's him and Coletta get yeah. the same work. And I don't know if it's the same reason is that they didn't. They would just erase stuff. I don't. I don't think it's that so much of that, but uh, they could get the work done on time, and that's the most important thing when you're publishing comics. Yeah, get the work done on time. Yeah, it's, especially in the '70s when they were pumping out books left and right. Yeah, yeah and this yeah. is you know, and this one's bi-monthly, but you still don't have any more time. Right. You know, I mean that this book went 15 issues as a bi-monthly. Mm-hmm. That I always forget that it's that surprises me because that means the book is, you know, I look at 16 issues. Oh, it only lasted a year and a half. And it went, no, no, it lasted over three years. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. 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 You figure, yeah, 15 issues over 30 months. You know, what I mean, that's almost three years. <laughs> it's like two and a half years. Yeah. Yeah. So, yeah, it's a it's an interesting title overall. I think we've had a lot of fun talking about it just simply because. Uh, there's, you know, the, the last few issues for sure had the same creative team on it. So, you know, there was, you know, a lot of continuity there. So I, I was glad it, it finally settled on, you know, one creative team. Oh yeah. That's when I had some later on picking up some back issues. I'm still missing one issue, but the first, you know, half dozen or so it's, it was really kind of a mess because there was no uh, creative driving force. There was no vision. It was just, let's use these characters and put them in a book, write a story. And yeah, it was, just, it was pretty generic. Yeah, the thing I and I'm a big Bob Rosakis fan. I'm gonna be, be just praising him up and down. And he, we'll, t- we'll talk about this later when we get into the stories themselves. He just had a good flow for these comics. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah, I kind of, do- I'll be honest with you, Terry, I kind of dogged him. Mm-hmm. So when he came on, because I'm not the biggest Rosakis fan, <laughs> but he. It, it, as I got to these, that this is pretty steady. I'm starting to, I'm the last six or seven issues have been pretty steady, steady. And they're very much just, and I mean this in a good way, a straight up DC superhero comic in the seventies. So you got some plot moving from issue to issue. Exactly. Right. And that's my point. not too much. Yeah. Nope. It's, it's, it, the, the, the story keeps moving and another plot element is introduced it's not overwhelming. It's it's solid. Yeah, and mm-hmm. you still could read a single issue and then be entertained. Exactly. Which is what I look for in a comic. So, yeah, I, I'm a little more Bob Rosakis fan now that I've actually, because I've never read these three issues until I read them two days ago. Oh, oh cool. Because yeah, I didn't cool. get, I had a partial collection. I sold all my comics, and then I bought this is because, you know, it's not on the app. It's never been collected, so I bought a run of it during the pandemic. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I did the same thing. I bought the whole thing in one shebang, ah. uh, just a, just a few short years ago. Yeah. Well, I'm I'm the guy who was there buying it off the stands. So I'm just I just checked, and we're we're we're, st- we're starting with Freedom Fighters 13. Is that correct? Yeah. Mm-hmm. So that's the issue that was on sale a year after the first issue I picked up. Oh, cool. Yeah. Six issues in a year. <laughs> so my brother was, my brother was so, buying it and so he got his comics at like he he would do like before we found what year is this when did this come out december of 1977 so he may not have been going to a comic shop yet 
We had a comic shop. We started going to a comic shop between 77 and 78. Uh-huh. So. Gotcha. One of the first ones where we grew up. So uh, he was, he, my brother, man, he was good. He went, he goes, he would go every, he knew when they came out and he would hit all the different 7-Elevens and dr- uh, what were they? Drug fairs. Uh-huh. <laughs> so, and he would just, you know, he'd tool around it in his VW and. You know, grab as many as he could find. Oh man, you got a brother who could drive. That's that's the best. He's ten. Yeah, he's ten years older than (laughs) there. There are a lot of us. There were six of us. So, and I met toward the end. So yeah. Oh, that's he. He taught me to read, so I'd leave him alone. So he handed me comic books. Nice. Read this. Leave me alone. (laughs) (laughs) That's a good big brother there. Hey, don't don't knock it, right? Oh no no I I I he he can be an annoying pain in the butt but he did get he turned me on to comics and Star Trek and Doctor Who he you know he did right by his little brother he did his job <laughs> yes he did he did his job. <laughs> yeah that's fantastic so all right well why don't we uh, jump into this first issue here like we said Freedom Fighters thirteen uh, it's cover dated March April nineteen seventy eight but it was actually on sale uh, December of nineteen seventy seven. And, you know, we had talked about some uh, artwork here, and we very consistently had the same uh, art team here, you know, covering interiors of uh, Rich Buckler and Jack Abel. So uh, what do you think of this cover, Terry? I like the cover. It's, it's pretty dynamic. And even for Abel, it's pre- actually this is where Abel's lines work. Uh, one thing I, I dislike about his lines are his eyes. But Martha down in the center, but lower center, her eyes are big, wide and frightened as these yeah. monstrous four freedom fighters loom behind uh, Martha and Firebrand in the foreground. But the things I don't like about Abel are also evident. And that's what you can see in Firebrand's musculature on his pink shirt. He uses these kind of parallel lines and it's just a too little too scratchy for my taste. It's, it's a nice, nice attempt, but I just, I personally don't like it. But the rest of the cover is really, really dynamic. Yeah, I I like it. I because I can't see the signature next to the, I the code number, on mine. So I could see Abel. I didn't realize it was Buckler. Now that I look at it, especially Firebrand. Yeah. You know, uh, I like it a lot. It's actually better than I think. This is the monster at the horror kind of aspect of the four characters in the background. Mm-hmm. I really like it. It almost yeah. looks a little Mike Plugish to me. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Anytime like you can like, put he's horror. He's trying to it. riff on another style. Yeah. Horror introduced into something like this uh, is great. I, I love it every time. Yeah. Like you said, it's a, it's a black background with like lightning coming down from the top of the comic behind the Freedom Fighters logo. And we have uh, left to right Uncle Sam, the Ray, uh, Dollman, and then uh, Human Bomb. And they all look like they've been turned into like these like monstrous kind of zombie Frankensteinian monster kind of creatures, right? Yeah, there's yeah. a nice little touches. Dollman, firstly, he's like eight feet tall with fangs. <laughs> the ray has these creepy eyes. One eye is droopy. One eye is wide open. And the bo- human bomb has these claws coming out of his gloves. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, interesting so way for nice that. touches. Try to you know show a guy in a full suit and helmet. That he's yeah. been, you know, zombieized here. <laughs> really, really good stuff. And then, yeah, like you said, there's uh, Martha and Firebrand, and that's the, you know, the the original one, uh, Rod Riley there, uh, mm-hmm. run running away from this. And Martha's exclaiming, "They're not fr- the Freedom Fighters anymore, and they're out to kill us." 
But yeah, really good spooky cover here. I really like this one. So, all right, well, uh, why don't we jump into the inside here? So we have uh, script by Bob Rosakis, pencils Dick Ayers, inks Jack Abel, colors Jerry Serpy, letters Milt Snappin. And this is uh, The Amazing Origin, The Deadly Return, The Startling Secret of the Black Condor. And, you know, it just uh, has a little sentence here, a blurb on uh, Grand Comics Database, where it says, Black Condor has been possessed by the demon Homilus. And uh, we, uh, we, if you you'll read, remember back, you know, a few issues ago, uh, the Freedom Fighters were up in Vermont, because we know that's like one of the apexes for comic books. Uh, mm -hmm. Vermont, a lot, a lot happens there. There was a demon up there that was, you know, going berserk and trying to, you know, uh, do all sorts of nasty stuff there. So this is going to kind of dip back towards that a little bit. But uh, why don't we look at this uh, splash page here? So we get a, a television screen as the splash page here. What do you think of that, Russ? I really like it. It's good uh, recap. Um, I keep, I like back in the, the day when uh, uh, the front page would either be a kind of like a, a splash, which is a secretary cover to kind of reintroduce you to where you're at. But they've been using this a lot. They, you know, they've really leaned into the television reporting onto how to give us back, you know, to previously on, mm -hmm. you know, and I kind of like it, you know, and they've got those little boxes with the heroes that they either if they, it's not part of the TV screen, they would have put above the titles. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. And it's, yeah. it's I like I'm liking the interior Dick Ayers art. Dick Ayers did a really fine job. Mm hmm. Yeah, he's a good penciler. Yeah, and I'm not. This is, I mean, this is most Dick Ayers I've probably ever read in a single sitting. These here, these comics, it, because I, you know, I didn't read a lot of war comics, and then he did. Mm -hmm. That's mostly what he did. Yeah, the, he did a lot of uh, Sergeant Fury. Mm -hmm. Yeah, yep, big time. Yeah, so yeah, this uh, this gentleman here on the news is telling us uh, uh, that it's a news, a WGNY TV news special report, and following this. A, spe a spectacular escape of Daryl Dollman Dane from the electric chair less than an hour ago. The super group known as the Freedom Fighters was responsible for the dramatic events which took place at state prison just moments before Dollman was to be executed. And there's a shot of them on TV here flying off. And, uh, you know, of course, we uh, ended the last issue and they pick right up with it here of, you know, our uh, team here. We have Uncle Sam and the Ray, Martha, Human Bomb, Phantom Lady and... Um, Rod Riley here, Firebrand, who were in the Martha's news van, and they're heading out of town, and they ran right into Black Condor here that looks to be possessed, and he's in this bluish kind of color, and uh, he's kind of like jumping at the uh, news van here, and yeah, this this turns uh, ugly really quick, doesn't it? Yeah, and that's um the other great thing about the, the these first two pages. If if you've never read this comic before, you're caught right up. You know who your main characters are what they've done and a little bit of what the relationship is to the world at large. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And then, yeah. Then we get right into the action and that's what you want when the superhero comic, right? Yeah. You're a kid and you're reading comics. You know, you, you want some action here. It's okay to have some downtime now and again, but you want some action and boy, do you get it here because black condor flips the van right over. Yeah. <laughs> it's like a, a huge brawl starts here and it's, it's crazy because you know, we've seen the, in the past as well, Black Condor, when he would try to use his, you know, newer uh, powers of like his mental powers, sometimes it was driving him nutty, but nothing like this. Like this looks really out of control. And then the, the blue hue over him really makes you think, hey, something's up here. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Well, yeah, I mean, you got to think back here when they with the, the old four color process. I mean, we get a little spoiled with colors in comics now that you had 
really strict limitations of what you could do. So to make him a monster, you just make him blue. Yep. Yeah, a grimace on his face and blue. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, but Uncle Sam's like, you know, oh, I'll, I'll, I'll take him down here. I'll knock him out. And <laughs> Black Condor punches him right in the face and knocks him up into the air about 20 feet. And he says, yeah, <laughs> gall darn. He's packing quite a wallop. <laughs> I love it. And, and then the bomb he, isn't ineffective. Yeah, he, you know, takes off his glove and punches him. And there's a huge explosion. But then you turn to page five and. Black Condor's just standing there as if it had absolutely no effect on him. So again, you know something is is really uh, up here. They're in big trouble, right? Uh, yeah, and then the, and then Black Condor ragdolls Human Bomb. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, grabs him by the arm and just twirls him around, and just throws him, and it looks like he smashes it's, him into the van. Into the van, yeah. <laughs> and that knocks him out. I like how he's just laying there prone at uh, Black Condor's feet, and then everybody's like, "Let's get him!" And again, nobody at all, not one of them has any effect on him at all they all try their best and nothing works nothing at all <laughs> and then uh we see uh he pretty much you know manhandles all the guys and then grabs martha and phantom lady and takes off with the two of them and then uh this is pretty cool here we get the you know basically the origin of uh black condor right i never knew his origin before so this was really cool i really enjoyed this part what, well what you know think, what Harry? If you, when when I bought this off the stand, anyone who bought this off the stand really didn't know the origin of Black Condor, because that hadn't been seen for over thirty years. And back in those days, kids, we didn't have all these computers <laughs> to look at to find out stuff. This, yeah, all these the Freedom Fighters are still brand, and that the Firebrand was a brand new character. No one had heard of him, you know. Mm -hmm. In, for us young comic readers, we weren't Jerry Bales with Roy Thomas reading this stuff in the 40s. And, yeah, and Firebrand only appeared like 17 times or something. Some yeah, of these characters didn't lot. appear a lot. No. Yeah. And mm -hmm. I like that Black Condor has one of those. The origin can only have been created in the 40s. Yep. Just I was raised it. by birds and learned to fly. Learn to fly. <laughs> yeah, his parents were, you know, like these archaeologist types here, which I find this hilarious how we get, uh, you know, shows them on camels going through uh, India, Asia and Mongolia. And then <laughs> I guess uh, the he was born while they were out on in, like an excavation. And uh, the, his mother says, little Richie likes this outdoor life, dear. And <laughs> the husband says, I and a husky lad. He is <laughs> I'm like, wow, that's a word you don't hear much anymore. <laughs> oh, man. But yeah, he you know, there's like uh, these like raiders, Mongol warriors that, you know, take everybody out at the camp except the baby. And then, yeah, you see a baby just walking through the desert here and a huge condor swoops in and picks it up. And I'm thinking it's for like, you know, lunch for the babies. But no, he's going to actually raise the guy. What? It's crazy. Join us. Mm -hmm. in the nest yeah and then there he is uh, i'm surprised he got away with this too here he is running around naked trying to fly like a condor <laughs> except like, wow <laughs> condors are only in the western hemisphere mm -hmm. there yeah. are no condors in mongolia in asia yeah it's <laughs> <That's> great <laughs> but yeah he's he's determined to learn how to fly even though he's not a bird and i love how the caption box says but failure only sharpened his desire to fly, and the youngster studied the movements of wings, the body motions, air currents, balance, and levitation, and at last, success. So he taught himself how to fly. That's it. That's yeah. all you have to know. In one page. <laughs> There's <laughs> no magic. Killed, picked up yeah. by a bird, 
watch the birds for 14 years and then start to fly. Yeah, I'm sure nowadays they say he was like, you know, a mutant or there's something about him. They probably changed him now. Yes. When uh, they did the Secret Origins book in the 80s, um, I think not only is he a mutant, but there was also a piece of radioactive outer space meteorite nearby. Some antimatter? Yeah, some other (laughs) factors there. Okay. Yeah, okay. I figured they updated that because that's very ludicrous. (laughs) Uh, he taught himself to you know, fly. Oh, everything okay. about this character is ludicrous. Because, yeah. <laughs> first of all, he's raised by birds. He just flies because he was raised by birds. He he can't talk. He can't read. He can't write. He knows nothing about the ways of man until he meets this uh, the monk. And what's mm-hmm. the next thing that happens? He just goes and imitates some guy in the United States Senate. Yeah, yeah. He's just like <laughs> I, I, I look like a guy, so I'm just gonna become that guy. What? It's like, well, what did you? What happened to that guy? What did you do to him? Yeah, yeah. And it says it, there is a caption box that says the proceeding was first told in Crack Comics number one, which, wow, uh, and number eleven in uh, 1940 and 41. So, yeah, that's wild. <laughs> mm, I love it, but yeah, like you said, Terry, they 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 basically tell this guy's origin basically in a page. And then, yep. boom, we're right back to the action. Back into the story. Let's go. Yeah, him flying off with yeah. Phantom Lady and uh, Martha here, which is wild. He's Tarzan of the birds. Let's keep going. <laughs> yeah, we got, a, we got a story to tell here. Bob Rosakis is not wasting any time. It's like, let's go. And uh, we get back to the van where uh, they're all licking their wounds of, you know, taking their beatings here. And, um, you know, they decide, decide they're going to, you know, go after them but you know again they're like well what are we going to do because yeah we can go after them but this guy just cleaned all our clocks and we couldn't stop him like what are we supposed to do and we do see a lot of uh the ray uh i'm sorry human bomb here and uh they he starts getting uh pissed off because he likes sandy and then also uh uh what's his name also likes sandy as well the ray the ray yeah there's like a little uh, competition for uh, sandy's affections here and it's going to continue on to the next two issues as well. <laughs> mm. That that had been uh, that had started many issues ago. Brewing, yeah, yeah, a little. That's and that is unfortunately really the most of character development we get in this series. Yeah, and I love how the Ray says, "Hey, the yokels turned Romeo. Ain't that sweet?" And <laughs> Human Bob, why you? <laughs> and the doll man has to get in between the two of them, or they're going to fight. <laughs> that's great. I love that. But, uh, yeah, that's great stuff. So, you know, uh, Firebrand says, hey, you have any idea, Daryl? And he says, call it a hunch or whatever, but I say we head straight for, and then you got to get through an ad page, which is fantastic, a Mark uh-huh. Jewelers insert. <laughs> and then four, like four or five pages later for, from ads, uh, Rutland, Vermont. So, again, we're heading back to the, uh, you know, one of the uh, center points of comicdom, Rutland, Vermont. <laughs> I love Rutland, Vermont in the yep. comics. <laughs> yeah. Well, I wish they would, someone would go back and use it again. And you know what's funny? I was in Vermont a few years ago, and I said to my wife, I need to find out if they still have the Halloween parade there. Because if they do, <laughs> I want to go to that Halloween parade. <laughs> of course. And, and like when you Google search it, literally the last time there was any information about it was like 2016 or 2018. So I don't know if it stopped or what. Like, I'm sure they didn't probably have it during the pandemic. But yeah, I'm surprised it, it was even that long. Because I know uh, the, the fellow who kept appearing in all these books, Tom Fagan, he, he died several years ago. 
Yeah, I almost thought, oh, man, I hope they keep it going. So I don't know, maybe it just slowed down and came to a halt when he passed because he was the driving force behind it or yeah. what, but man, if they ever have it again, I'm going. I'm there. <laughs> <laughs> Should dress up like Thor or something or <laughs> Uncle Sam here. <laughs> but yeah, so that's uh, exactly where they go flying off to. And, you know, they're heading there. And he goes, uh, they, they're, they're flying from, you know, a, a position in the sky where and then they see there's Black Condor and the two girls uh, down on the ground and they come flying in and they just get blasted by this lightning, you know, a la the cover here. Yeah. But we never we never see this demon uh, from the other issue. So that kind of put me off a little bit about this issue. It's it's yeah, it's sort of stuff happens because stuff happens. Yeah. Um, I do like that panel on top of page 12, though, where they get changed into the monsters and they look great. Yeah, they yeah. do. So that's it. Just have to, you know, just enjoy it and 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 surf the wave as. There's no villain this issue, at least no overt villain. So we have to have an excuse for some sort of fight. Mm-hmm. And then I don't I don't understand is is it is the reason Rod doesn't get changed because he's just a normal dude or what? Well, well, he's uh, after the end of the fight, they, he sort of explains it. Oh, OK. Yeah. Because I thought to myself, he got zapped, too. Because it was the Condor who was being possessed. And all um, oh, the last page, it's Rod Firebrand says, why well, didn't take control of you when it zapped the rest of you? And Black Condor says, I didn't know you and neither did Homilus. <laughs> so he didn't know them. So, yeah. <laughs> Which, um, you know, if we can accept these b- the bizarre happenings of of this this possessor, this homilus entity taking control of the of the black condor, what uh, seven issues ago, and this this slow percolating plot, mm-hmm. and then take possessing the other freedom fighters, that introducing the firebrand character is a really great way to end that particular storyline. So I, this is what I like about Rosakis's writing; he's finding a way to weave something that just happens because we need a story to happen and and bring it let's put this and maybe it can lead to another story and how am i going to get myself out of the corner well i can maybe introduce another quality comics character into this yeah and it's interesting because you basically then have poor rod riley here who has to fight all of these you know superhero monsters but yeah. he ends up getting it done which is cool because you know after first point, trying to run away and we can <laughs> pour martha by herself yeah yeah it looks like he's gonna like go coward here and run off but then he's the next thing you know boom he's right back there and taking them on and yeah he it, it, it's pretty neat you know what i mean you know he's an underdog obviously going up against all these guys but i mean yeah. now that they've been kind of possessed here they don't really have the wherewithal they normally have as heroes so that probably, yeah, that probably it's not it's not at first the most admirable or heroic action but it really does make sense in context because this is what as little as we know of rod riley firebrand what we know is back on earth x he was playing both sides against the middle you know he was working for the allies and working for the the nazis and both sides thought he was an enemy which is why he fled so that's what that's what he does he you know he looks out for himself and so we have a nice page here as Martha yells at him as she's getting beat up. And he's has a moment that he just stands and figures out what he's going to do. And then he be, he rises to the occasion 
Yeah, he's he's given the opportunity to redeem himself, and this kind of finishes his little arc of becoming a freedom fighter. Right. Yeah. So it's kind of, and then that then we get back to the news announcer who's going, maybe that new hero is really the Black Condor. Yeah, I like the uh, epilogue there on the very last page. Well, after everything's all said and done, and uh, Tom Fagan is there, and he's got some comic books. (laughs) That's great. Yeah, that's awesome. Yeah, as he always did. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) So yeah, a fun issue. You know, I mean, it's like one of those things where it's like you know, it was just one issue. It wrapped up. It had a lot of fun in the meantime, and you know, like we said earlier, kind of moved things along, right? Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. All right. Well, let's uh, speaking of moving along, let's uh, move along to uh, issue 14 here. So this one is this one is cover dated May, June 1978. And the on sale date was uh, February 1978. But uh, this one, again, Rich Buckler, Jack Abel cover. And uh, it's a really neat cover. I think it's a little busy, but it's a neat cover. I like the yeah. concept and it's uh, got some uh, special guest stars here. And what do you think of this? I liked it because I didn't know. I didn't remember. You know, I've never. This is an issue I had only read until I read it for this doing this show. And it's like I didn't realize that Kathy Kane Batwoman was in the Freedom Fighter comic. You know, and this is an this is an era before Barbara's become Oracle. Mm -hmm. Yeah, yeah. this is this is you in the Bob Rosakis universe. Because let's see, where are we here in 1977? Where is Batman Family? Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, was, and did yeah. he write the the Titans and brought in exactly. when he did Titans to West well, with Batgirl? Yeah, well, that was the other Bat Hyphen Girl. Bat Hyphen Girl, yes. <laughs> <laughs> Who would eventually become Flame Bird? Oh, which she? <laughs> yeah, yeah, that's time. what they did after Crisis. They gave her the code name that uh, Jimmy Jimmy Olsen's code name from Candor, uh, Nightwing yeah, and Flamebird. So, Brozakis was writing the Robin stories and the Batgirl stories and the Man Bat stories in Batman Family, which the month before had debuted as a dollar comic. Issue issue seventeen of Batman Family was the first dollar comic. Which is one of my favorite comics, if you guys haven't read that one. Because mm-hmm. the stories all connect. The Huntress is the through line for all the stories. And cool. um, that issue has Batgirl and Batwoman together. And so <laughs> the next month in the Freedom Fighters comic, well, let's... The Batgirl and Batwoman are already hanging out together, so the Freedom Fighters are going to go join them. Yeah, this cover is interesting. It's of like, you know, a carnival or something here or amusement park. And there's a a roller coaster and (laughs) uh, Uncle Sam, Phantom Lady, Dollman, Rod Riley, Firebrand and Human Bomb are all in the in the cars of the uh, roller coaster. And we have Black Condor and the Ray on the left and right here. And it says there's no turning back. On the one-way ride through the sideshows of doom, and there's like this crazy explosion, and then yeah, there's the little bat symbol there in the right-hand corner. It says uh, special guest stars: Batwoman and Batgirl, and it's really good. I like the artwork on this cover a lot. Yeah, is it an Abel Inks again? Yes, of course. Yeah, uh, Rich Buckler, yes. Jack Abel. Yeah, I don't like the way he draws Bat Batwoman's mask. Yeah, it's Batwoman, really big. 
Yeah. 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 And Batgirl, too. She, I, I wouldn't say she looks bad, but there's just something out. Maybe it's the way her face and head is turned or something like that. But I do like the roller coaster part and everything like that in the Freedom Fighters. I love them. But yeah, yeah. good stuff. So, yeah. Sideshows of Doom is the name of this one. And again, it's uh, our buddy Bob Rosakis writing. Dick Ayers uh, pencils, Jack Abel inks, colors Mario Sen, and letters John Workman. And this one uh, just says, Sabotage is going on at Kane's Colossal Carnival, and the Freedom Fighters go undercover as circus performers. <laughs> so, yeah, I love the first page here, too. Again, we get the, the, the roll call on the left there with, you know, all the Freedom Fighters, you know, their superhero names and their uh, secret identities as well. I love that. Except remember, they're not secret identities. In Freedom Fighters number one, they told everybody their names. That's true. They were on why, TV and everything. <laughs> yeah, which is why they've been on the run ever since. <laughs> Even when they try to get into uh, street clothes and other disguises, it's just there's no hiding. Nope. <laughs> but yeah, it's, it's, this is a cool page. I like this. What do you think of this first page here, Ross? Oh, I like it a lot. It's I like how they it's you know, it's it's a little simple and you know you've got you know the. All nine major players are being reintroduced. Um, it's mm-hmm. it's got that seventies feel of fashion. Yeah, uh, yeah, yeah. I love it. Oh <laughs> uh, yeah. Um, Kathy Kane's got a per, like a very overdone perm. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. You know? So and no, I like it. It's you know, it's I really enjoyed this story, and, and I haven't read that Batman Family Seventeen. I might have to see if it's on the app because I don't it think I've ever be. read it. And uh, that Huntress connection. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, I have maybe about six or seven single issues from that, and I love them. They're really good, really, really good stuff. Okay, yeah, we were like. I think my brother didn't buy those. I think he was more getting the Superman family ones. Oh. So, I mean, you know, I've I've bought a bunch of 100-page giants. I have not gone and bought some of the, when they, in the, you know, these, the giant size, whatever they were at this point. They weren't the 100-page spectacular. Check out number 17. It's a great place to start. Yeah, well, Jim, Jim Apparel, Mike Golden. Ooh, oh, boy. that, okay, wait a minute. Yeah, I got to read that. <laughs> I love Mike Golden. Mike Golden on Man Bat. It's awesome. Oh, I okay, I have read some of those because I remember seeing his his Man Bat from time to time, and he was pro- I'm a huge, huge fan of his. Um, his Micronauts run is one of the. Oh, good- of course. Oh my God, it's so good. Yeah, absolutely. But I love on top of page two, which shows them all like, you know, in their civvies here as they're uh, talking about going on the roller coaster. San Sandra wants to go on the roller coaster. And, of course, the two boys start uh, fighting over who's going to take her on the roller coaster here, the Ray and uh, the Bob, right? <laughs> mm-hmm. uh-huh. Well, it's great stuff. And then uh, uh, they ask uh, Sam if and Daryl if they want to go on, and they're like, yeah, no thanks. And I love how Daryl says to Uncle Sam, come on, Sam, let's have a few laughs. Where do you say that age-guessing booth was? And Sam <laughs> says, back at the other end of the midway, and it's like, yeah, good luck with anybody guessing his age, right? <laughs> <laughs> Oh, that's some funny stuff. And you know what? Here's a you know a big hat tip to Dick Ayers for drawing. These are all big, strong, st- strong-jawed, muscular men. But he gives them each a little bit of a different face and definitely different hair. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So you can tell who is who. Even the women have different hair. It took me a few minutes, other than 
Sam, I had to kind of go through it. Okay, that one's Ray. That one's Human Bomb. Okay, yep. that's Doll Man. That's Black Condor with his uh, Fred, like he's part, he's Fred's brunette his, brother from Scooby Doo. Yeah, his, his kerchief one. <laughs> yeah, and then I had the really. It was like Rod Riley is like okay, a uh, sheer pink shirt for your costume and a tacky plaid jacket for your civilian <laughs> identity. And then Ray is, j- and then Doll Man. Man's been j- living alone in the woods for forty years. Leave him alone. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. He doesn't have much of a wardrobe living out there by himself. <laughs> mm, yeah, and I love how he says uh, to Daryl, he's like, "Oh, let's go uh, grab something to eat." And he says, "I'm not hungry." And he goes, "So you can watch me eat." Yeah, I love yeah. that. <laughs> yeah, he's he's just trying to kind of like help the guy out and just you know chill him out because he's really upset about you know Martha leaving. Because, you know, obviously on his earth, you know, Martha died. So when he came here and there was another one, he was like, you know, right away, you know, stars in his eyes and in love. But it's not the same woman. So, you know, she doesn't feel the same way about him, I guess. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Well, he doesn't know. (laughs) (laughs) You know, she's still in Vermont. Did she she go back to work? I guess he did go back to work because that's what Rod says. Yeah. they, they, They wrecked her job van, but she still has her job. Because she got exclusive interviews, right? Yeah, she was, and she, yeah, so she's back in Vermont, I guess, or wherever she. No, but she's from New York. She's in New York. Yeah, and they're up in Massachusetts now at the crazy uh, uh, carnival here. But (laughs) yeah, he he gets uh, pissed that that even uh, that he's trying to even help him out here. You know, uh, Rod, he's like, leave me alone, and he kind of like storms off. You know, and he goes. uh, uh, he says to him, I saw what Martha went through for you. And he goes, oh, what do you know about women? You spent the last 12 years living alone in the woods. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man, that's great. But then off to the roller coaster we go. And I like how Sandy and both of the guys are in the front seat by uh, of the roller yeah. coaster. Oh, hold on just a second. Just back up to that last page. So we get uh, that's enough expository dialogue with Daryl and Rod that we know what's going on with with each of them. Just a little mm-hmm. bit, of, again, for the new reader, who are these people? They're not in costume. And, you know, who is this guy? Okay, he's missing a girl. And who's this other guy? Well, he's been living alone in the woods. <laughs> it's all, yeah. and, and a little bit of dialogue from uh, from Babs and Kathy Kane, too, to bring the reader up to speed who might know who they are. Yeah, she says, uh, Babs says, the Huntress is the daughter of the Batman and a Catwoman on a parallel Earth. And Kathy says, Babs, we agreed that this was going to be a vacation for you. That means no talk about Congress and not a word about superheroes. And she goes, you're right. I'll shut up. (laughs) (laughs) I love that. (laughs) So, yeah, the roller coaster is, you know, whipping around. But then we see a uh, a uh, a figure in the uh, shadows here with a uh, fedora and jacket putting some dynamite on it and uh, blows up, you know, the the roller coaster here. So it's like, uh oh, you know, everybody's going to be in trouble here. So. On come the superhero costumes here to save everybody on the roller coaster. And it's interesting. They they get everybody off in time and everything like that. But, you know, at first here, they can't figure out what's going on. Like, why did somebody do this or why would somebody do this? Right. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And then <laughs> I love how Rod, he's like, uh, hey, I saw him duck down this way. And he uh, <laughs> he goes, just keep an eye out, an eye out. That pipsqueak could have ducked into any hole. <laughs> and uh he goes uh of course doll man's like hey what do you mean pip squeak he goes well you know you know what i mean so uh you know, doll man got a little offended by that <laughs> mm, hang on short stuff there he goes and they go into a tent 
And there he is uh, with a gun, which, you know, hey, most of the time these are guns are just little toys. But this yeah, is it's, a real it's a BB one. gun, isn't it? Are those target guns as BB guns? Yeah, well, we're going to find out there's something a little different about this guy here. He's not actually a guy. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, maybe he's got something where he can turn a BB gun into a, a legit gun. But uh, Dollman socks him right in the face, and he just turns around and runs away. But, you know, they're uh, they're not going to let this uh, stand. But here comes a uh, Batgirl and Batwoman uh, in their uh, uh, thing flying in here to you know save the day and get the guy from escaping, right? Swinging on the ropes attached to something. Yeah, what? <laughs> what is that? <laughs> yeah, I don't know. The mm. convenient high thing off panel. Yeah, and they do grab the guy, and uh, at this point, he's lost his hat, and it's an alien, which uh, kind of shocked me. I was just like, wait, what? Now, only one issue before the end, we're introducing aliens here? What is going on? <laughs> Oh. I like the expression of Firebrand's face. He, he just looks incredulous. I don't think he's ever seen an alien before. Mm, yeah, they say. May, must be a mute Batwoman. He uh, doesn't even have a mouth. And then Batwoman says, almost looks like a Martian or something. And yeah, Rod has this real quizzical look on his face. And he says, maybe we can make him write something. <laughs> <laughs> mm, but Dollman's like, uh-oh, here come the cops. And since we're wanted, we got to get out of here. So they got to just run away and well, I guess luckily Batwoman and you know Batgirl are there to uh, explain things, right? Yeah. Presumably, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Batgirl yeah. still has credibility. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> this is way before that the uh, when bad guys when everybody thought bad guys were bad good guys superheroes were bad guys. Well, these yeah. guys were bad guys. They were they have been yeah, they were but I mean Batgirl. Yeah. Oh yeah. Like, you know, Batman, you know, Batman's got, you know, can just walk into the police station. <laughs> mm -hmm. Yep. Yep. And then uh, Lat night in a motel room some miles away and they're watching TV and it's uh, this guy on TV. And he says, and the police are still unable to determine the identity of the little man who planted the bomb. And he says, in a related story, a search of the area by police officers failed to turn up any trace of the freedom fighters who appeared on the scene to rescue a group of passengers who might have otherwise died in the roller coaster disaster. And. Uh, Ray says, you know, one of these days, the police are going to wake up and realize whose side we're on in human bomb. Don't hold your breath. <laughs> <laughs> I love he's the pessimist of the group. <laughs> oh, man. And then uh, I guess this is uh, Black Condor here. Does he say uh, uh, maybe we could put an ad in the papers asking him to give up? And <laughs> they're because they're saying about uh, looking for the silver ghost still because. Even though it looked like he died once or twice, he's still running around and on the loose, right? Yeah. Mm -hmm. yeah the, the, the villain that won't go away. The unremarkable villain that won't go away. Well, the, the thing is, he's he hasn't been seen yeah. since, I don't know, issue six or seven. Yeah, it's been, but it's he's, been a he's, year. He's been in the background just because of what he already has done. So the yeah, team. and this is the weird thing. This is the first time the team has been all together in, in a, a year. Year. year for readers' time because that's the first issue I bought. They're all together, and then mm -hmm. they almost right away split up. As mm -hmm. you know, the Condor was took off, and the Ray went to look for him, and the mm -hmm. other three were just wandering the country. Yes. Uncle Sam gets pissed off here because everybody's kind of making jokes. And he goes, dang, nabbit, I wish you would all stop making a mockery out of this. 
we're faced with a big problem and it won't go away by talking about it. And then I like Dollman chimes in and says, if you'll remember, Sam, I did something to try to solve the problem and nearly got executed for it. So unless you've got a concrete plan, all you are doing is talking too. And then Sam says, I'm not just chewing the fat, Daryl. Now listen up, everybody. So Uncle Sam has a, a, a plan here, and the plan is they are going to join the circus. <laughs> yeah. And I like that. That was all on one page. Nice little yeah. tight, tight dialogue to sum mm -hmm. it up and move it forward. Yeah, yeah, it's that's definitely something Rosakis is doing really well here. It's is getting a plot point and moving it forward very quickly to get yeah. to you know the next scene. And yeah, then the, ne the next scene that Uncle Sam presents himself to Kathy Kane, the carnival owner, and says, "Here we are. We have here's our troop, and somehow they have their costumes and their props, and they've worked on an act." <laughs> <laughs> yeah and they, i mean they do explain it to you know how slightly you can you know kind of in a roundabout way use their powers to do some of these things without kind of giving it away of who they are and that they're yeah. really superheroes but yeah it is interesting <laughs> mm. but yeah we get the we get them you know doing their thing here they're all showing them what they're what they can do and uh they basically they get hired right Yep. Yeah, it's like, did she? What did did she have no acts before? Yeah. Like, yeah, maybe maybe the big top was a little was weak. This carnival. <laughs> yeah, maybe it was more about the well, riots you know, than it was the big top. Yeah. Yeah, when just, we just keep keep it moving. This this happens in comic books all the time. Oh, this yeah. is the first circus that doesn't have bad guys performing <laughs> in it. What mm -hmm. I like too is that when they're all done and they're walking off after their first day at work. The three idiots that got on the, the roller coaster five pages ago mentioned oh, they fixed it. Let's get back on it. <laughs> yeah, like man, in that many in that few days, they already fixed that roller coaster from a, you know dynamite blowing the crap out of it. I'm like, man, she's got some good contractors. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> they probably paid off the inspectors. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, there you go. <laughs> But yeah, they they want to go on the roller coaster again. And of course, the two boys are fighting over who's going to take Sandy. So all three of them go walking in. But they bought tickets for it uh, at the ticket booth here. And they didn't notice who was in the ticket booth. Yeah. <laughs> it's Standing a, it's on a, a stool. It's kind of a subtle drawing. You're right. Just one panel of the silhouette. It looks like one of the little alien guys. Maybe yep, he had a mask on. Yeah, and then they get, yeah, Haney wrote a rubber mask scene here. He was big on <laughs> <laughs> But then we get a scene of them getting on the roller coaster, and we can see a little alien guy. He's back there operating the roller coaster as well, right? Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And uh, she, Sandy's getting tired of these two guys. I mean, she I really wish you two boys would grow up because they won't leave it alone. They just keep making fun of each other as if they think that's going to impress her that, you know, she'll pick that one. Whoever has the best uh, jabs, she's going to pick, I guess they think. <laughs> it's like, uh, no, you'll probably both end up not dating her because you're being goons about it. <laughs> yeah, she's going to end up with Rod or something. <laughs> yeah, but yeah, they uh, they go on the ride and the rest of the uh, Freedom Fighters are, you know, just kind of, you know, thinking about, you know, what's going on, what's happening, what they're going to do. And uh, it doesn't take long that the three come off the uh, uh roller coaster and they're hypnotized their eyes are real big and hypnotized and they're like you need to come on the roller coaster you need to go for a ride and they're like what is going on here really creepy scene with them like all hypnotized like that yeah <laughs> and i like how they figure it out pretty quickly that they're you know robots or whatever yep 
Yeah, and uh, Uncle Sam, he just starts punching people. It's great. He punches this one, and this one's throwing that one around. So, yeah, they, they do, you know, take them out. And at one point, uh, a head gets knocked off of one of them. And then, yeah, that's when they see, like, uh-oh, a robot. <laughs> hmm. A some dummy. kind of weird doubles, some sort of kind of robots, androids, synthetic people. And Uncle Sam says, whatever they were and whatever is going on here is something we can fight much better as the Freedom Fighters. And then, you know, they go from carnival gear to their actual costumes. It's a neat little panel there. I like that. Yeah, they go, like run that yeah, they go running off. And Uncle Sam says, Tom, you and Daryl, check out the roller coaster. Whatever's going on has to be tied in with that. Me and Firebrand are going to talk with. Kathy Kane and uh, they go busting into her office where her and Babs are having some coffee here and he goes lady there's something going on around here and what are you hiding and uh, next the carnival of death <laughs> so yeah again another quick good tight issue here with you know Rosaka scripting and you know really really good stuff right a fun issue oh yeah a fun issue and move it on and yeah. What, what is all this about? <laughs> yeah, this is wild. Okay, so issue 15 here. This is a crazy cover. And this was actually, I got this issue. I, I bought a lot of comics. I bought all the Freedom Fighters, the whole 1 through 15 in a lot, which was great. But then I bought another lot of comics, and this one was in it. So I had two of this one. So I just ah. picked this one up and read this one first. <laughs> 15. <laughs> <laughs> the last Before you read any of the others? <laughs> Yeah, this is your first issue. I was like, yeah, I might as well read this one. Oh, it looks pretty cool. <laughs> <laughs> and we have a completely different uh, cover art team here, right? Alex Saviuk and uh, Frank Giacoya. So what about this cover, Terry? What do you think of this one? You know, I've never been a fan of Alex Saviuk, and I don't I can't explain why. I don't know. I'm, I'm um, with you on that one, Terry. He is someone that is passable. Mm hmm. And he's I when I have liked him, it's always because they've had, you know, a, a decent anchor on him or something else was going on with the story because he was kind of like a poor man. Sal Buscema. He did a lot of work. Yeah, I know. I'm, I'm good for him. He had a good career. I, I think part of it might be just a built in prejudice because he took over from Irv Novick on Flash Comics. And I was buying that. And, you know, I picked mm. up that first issue that That's wasn't right, Irv he did Flash like, for a while, didn't he? Hey, man, this is not the right artist. Because I was, you know, <laughs> 13. <laughs> yeah. This, I mean, this is a pretty good cover, though. Yeah, I like this cover a lot. It's really yeah. cool. It's got the, the Freedom... It's got... Uh, the Freedom Fighters are in these, like, uh, containment chambers. They almost look like giant test tubes. And they're all in shock and awe because this alien guy who has a test tube of some green slimy stuff and he's dumping it into, I don't know, some kind of vat or something. And we have, you know, duplicates of the Ray human bomb and phantom lady here. Yeah. And he, what does he say? Rise up from the slime and you shall replace the freedom fighters forever. And the caption box says, will anyone discover the deadly duplicates before it's too late? Really good cover. I like it. The color choices are good and everything. I think it's great. I like how the machinery in the background too. Yeah, yeah there's like actually some background. Giacoa is probably filling stuff in in the back. Yeah. Yeah, but it's really it's not curve. distracting. It's no. just enough to be busy. 
well, it's got a, it's got that big alien sci-fi feel, you know. You need yes. comics like okay, they're advanced. Why? Because their walls all have buttons all over them. Yep, <laughs> that's advanced technology. Their walls light up, have blinky, and have blinky lights that go boop boop. Yeah, you do not understand this. <laughs> <laughs> it's like you know Star Trek. Yeah, you just need a, a panel there with some lights and some buttons. That's all you yep. need. Nothing's labeled. What are you pressing? I don't know. oh man so yeah we're uh, gonna jump into 15 here carnival of death and uh bob rosakis uh, writer scripter uh, dick ayers pencils jack abel inks colors mario sen and letters milt snappin so again a lot of continuity here with the stories and the art just because again it's the same team now for how many issues in a row which is really really good so yeah uh, yeah this one is just it just says here aliens are kidnapping people to convert them into a master war maker to use in attacking other planets, which is pretty succinct and right on the money there. But uh, what do you think of this first page here? So this first page here, I do like it. It's It's got some tech in the foreground, but uh, the the little beds of uh, the, the pink uh, goop or whatever it is, it, I don't know. They're a little lacking there, I feel. Yeah. I also I agree with you. me when I, I was like, did I miss something? Yeah, because it does jump ahead. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I was like going. I went back to the issue before and went. Eh, what? Okay, mm-hmm. we knew they got kidnapped, but okay, she's free. But, How but, did that happen? You see, we didn't know they got kidnapped. We just know that there were some duplicates that got now, okay, destroyed. Yeah, it's true. So that's mm-hmm. I appreciate that. It's you know, we the reader are as confused as our character Phantom Lady. Mm-hmm. No. Yeah, she's there in her, like, you know, uh, phantom mode, looking at all this stuff and says, oh, wow, <laughs> which I love. <laughs> Very 70s. There. I like it. And she says, or she thinks to herself, if anybody had told me when I first became Phantom Lady that I would end up here, I would have laughed in his face. But I here I am a million light years from home, and I have the faintest notion where I am going or why. And uh, she says, funny, I can remember that first day as if it was yesterday back on the parallel world of Earth X. And I had seen this scene before simply because uh, Roy Thomas, repre- you know, uh, presented in uh, All Star. That's Star-Star. right. Yeah, which is really cool. So she used a rolled up newspaper, you know, something usually for uh, people that want to abuse their animals uh, to beat up two uh, hoods. <laughs> <laughs> before they could kill her dad. Yeah, yeah. Her dad's like a senator. and Nice little plotting- two-page origin recap. Yeah. It's, it's, it's been taking a long time, especially in terms of reader time. Mm-hmm. But Rosakis is getting all these Freedom Fighter origins presented because that was not done in the first, you know, the first five, six, seven issues. Yeah. So the first year of this comic, we didn't know anything about these characters beyond yeah. what they were showing them. We yeah. know where they came from, how their origins were, anything like that. And there's so since- we, readers have been clamoring for this. Who are they? Where'd they come from? No, yeah, mm-hmm. and also what it's because, and he can do it so succinctly because one, golden age origins are pretty simple. Exactly, you can tell them in a page. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, there's no parallel time hopping, altered dimension self came back with some different kind of tech from the future and gave it to some guy who met an alien who changed his powers. <laughs> or, origins nowadays are really complex. Yes. Yeah. Absolutely. Oh, this is uh, hey, I'm my dad's almost got killed. I should help out. And I wonder <laughs> that that'll make a blackout, Ray. 
Mm-hmm. Yeah, and then all of a sudden she's like, "What? Happy?" And he goes, "Right here, Sandy." But where is here? And he, he came up out of one of these uh, pods or whatever you want to call them, as if he's not really happy, right? Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, and she's like puts her arms around him and says, "I'm just so glad you got out," because he, you know, makes it sound like, "Oh yeah, I'm happy. I just uh, use my powers to get myself out of this predicament." And uh, he's like, "What kind of roller coaster is this?" She goes, "I don't know. When we went through that tunnel, we were hit by a strange ray, and then now we kind of get a, a quick little half a page that shows they were on the roller coaster, and the roller coaster took off in outer space." <laughs> yeah, it got, it got vacuumed up by a huge spaceship and yeah it shows part of a ship out there with this like elephant trunk kind of thing that <laughs> sucked them inside it right it could happen mm, it happens all the time <laughs> but you know then they she says we got deposited here and he says lucky i can control myself in any energy form and could reconstruct my body but what are we going to do about Roy and all these others? And, uh, okay, that, that is a good question. But we switch back to where uh, last issue uh, left off with Uncle Sam confronting uh, Kathy and Babs while they're having some coffee here, right? Yep. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And he's like, you know, say, so you're hiding something. Something's going on. And he goes, now, do you talk or do I do something very ungentle? <laughs> yeah. She says, Mr. I have the faintest idea what you're talking about. And she goes, got to flip this switch. And she flips the lights out. And literally within, you know, moments later, her and uh, Barbara are in their uh, superhero costume. <laughs> but yeah, like I said, Kathy Kane's uh, mask there. Wow. it uh, That's huge. Somehow she changed her hairstyle and put that huge mask on. And I like this <laughs> yeah. sort of this knowing wink. I mean. Uncle Sam looks exactly like the guy Sam she just hired. Dollman yeah. doesn't wear a mask. Black Condor doesn't wear a mask. Phantom Lady doesn't wear a mask. <laughs> <laughs> Kathy Kane is not stupid. And of course, Sam and Rod, they're not stupid either. So they wink at each other. Yeah, I love that. Uh, he no. is, Uncle Sam says, especially if you're as good at problem solving as you are at whisking innocent parties out of here. Yeah. Winks at Rod. <laughs> but yeah, so now we have, uh, you know, the the the, the Batgirl, Batwoman, you know, Uncle Sam, and uh, Rod Riley here. Uh, you know what, fellas? This might be a landmark issue of superhero comics. This may be the first time two superhero groups meet up and didn't fight. <laughs> That's true. That's true, yeah. Usually there's a there's a good fight to get things going, but... <laughs> we haven't got time for that. Yeah, no, not here. Yeah. And uh, I love how uh, Batgirl says the Freedom Fighters, the super group that's wanted by the law. Where's the rest of your merry band? And Uncle Sam says, don't go getting gall darn uppity, Batgirl. Your daddy, the Batman, will vouch for us. <laughs> <laughs> like, wow. And he says, as for the rest of us, three FFers went for a ride on that roller coaster. And what came back were synthetic people. And Rod says, we figured Kathy Kane would know something about it since she's the ringleader of this carny. But, yeah, she doesn't have any idea. And uh, here comes Dollman and Black Condor swooping in uh, for a big uh, scene where they're going to go uh, flying off into uh, space, apparently. Well, they said they found a factory built underneath the tunnel that the roller coaster yeah. went into. Yeah. Then, as my pal Teddy Roosevelt said at San Juan Hill, charge. And they go <laughs> running and back out in space, though. Uh, Phantom Lady and uh, Happy here are uh, 
having a moment figuring out what's going on. She, <laughs> Happy Terrell, that is not funny. From the looks of this place, we're going to need all the help we can get because there's literally like you know a, an alien world full of these aliens like that kidnapped them. And he says, I see what you mean. But look at the place. Everything's so small, like Munchkin Land. <laughs> I love a Wizard of Oz, uh, you know, uh, uh, call back there. Yeah. Mm. Um, and they get blasted and and because they're not been processed. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And, and then carried off by the little people. Mm-hmm. Yeah, Gulliver's the, travels here. The scale seems to keep changing, though. Really yeah, it is really inconsistent. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's, one minute they're small as children, the next minute they look like adults. Yeah, and I understand it's an alien place, but there's really no sense to what other things are in terms of the relationship of a human scale. Yeah, yeah. They just carry them off, and then Happy is still awake here, and he's thinking to himself, this is really nifty. Put out of action by a bunch of half-pints who are probably going to turn me back into jelly again. Wish I could talk to Sandy. And Sandy says, you can, Happy. What have you got to say? And he goes, I don't know, but it does, doesn't seem to bother these guys. Yes, they only understand telepathy. They can't hear our voices, only our thoughts. So I thought, okay, that sounds all well and fine, but don't you have to think to be able to speak? So wouldn't they know what you're saying anyway? <laughs> I know many people who speak without thinking. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. And then uh, as we we're going and seeing more of this uh, alien technology here, like, yeah, they have this like, I don't know, for lack of a better term, what to even call this stuff. It's like this mushy, goopy looking pink stuff that they can yeah. turn into like more like synthetic people. Right. Or that's how they store the humans. They turn mm-hmm. them into goo. Yep, and they're yeah. gonna make a big giant alien to crush. They're gonna everything. make a yeah giant. They're gonna use them all to make a big giant who can come in Godzilla planets into submission. Yeah, their war maker will be invincible and with no cost of our own resources. And there he is, like crushing airplanes and stuff like that, which is kind of wild. And uh, you know, so they start plotting that they've got to you know get out of here and stop them. And uh, Sandy does uh, say that she has a plan, and. Uh, <laughs> He, the one uh, uh, little alien says these creatures displayed unusual powers. We must examine them and utilize their powers in our war maker. And they're just kind of s- sweating it out a little bit here. But uh, Happy then uh, says, he goes, <laughs> he, sh- you better do it now, uh, she says. Oh, so she we'll tells never... Happy to change into pure energy. Yeah, 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 yeah. And he says, he what says is I haven't done that. Yeah, I haven't done that number in years. So maybe I like to present, presume that. Maybe Bob's referring to some old golden age story where the Ray did that. He must be, yeah. Or maybe even in one of the the issues of the Justice League, it was it they were in there. Maybe I'm not sure. I haven't read. I don't think so. No. Okay. So just, yeah. Yeah. Must be a golden age thing, but yeah, he does that, and it's funny. It shows. <laughs> this is a really weird scene. So she says to him, "You better do it now, or you'll never get another chance." And he says, "All right, all right. Knock off the tough guy talk. It isn't in character." What do I do when I get in there? And he changes himself to pure energy. And like you see him inside this giant war maker thing, like in its calf. It's kind of wild. Yeah, it's a glowing warm spot in that war maker. I am betting it's actually Roy. Yeah. yeah. This is this is a wild scene here, isn't it, Ross? Yeah, he blows up he he zaps them all and they blow up and all it's and then everybody's freed. All the aliens are gone. And all the yeah. humans are reconstituted. 
Yeah, just like that with that explosion, boom. That's how it is, right? Yeah. Yeah. Instead of killing them all, they just zap and they're all back to normal. Yeah, I, I like how there's even they weren't uh, specific about who they were grabbing to try to make this war maker. They even had to grab the kid. There's like a little girl. She's like, "Mommy, I'm scared." I'm like, Gee. all the folks from the roller coaster. Yeah, yeah. all the all the carny, the people at the carnival. Like, wow. <gasps> okay, you know what? That's how the roller coaster got rebuilt so fast. It was the aliens. Yeah. There you go. Yeah, you don't need contractors when you have aliens. Yep. They just rebuilt it, and the thing's working, and the carnival says, okay, just keep mm -hmm. charging for the money. And the aliens are collecting all these little, all the people who wrote it all day long while the Freedom Fighters are doing their act. Yeah. And yeah, then, then, the, the, then the, the freed humans start pummeling the aliens. Yes. <laughs> yeah. That's wild, isn't it? Yeah. And then they, the, the Those, these fighters. little guys are responsible. Get them. Beat the stuffing <laughs> out of them. <laughs> that's, that's great dialogue. I love it. Oh, and then the Freedom Fighters go to like the uh, alien, you know, uh, it says back on Earth. Another one is about to begin. They Somehow they got back to Earth real quick here, didn't they? No, no. Well, this is, is back at the carnival under yeah, the roller coaster. These are the ones running the car. Kathy Kane needs to do some background checks. Yeah. Yeah. So yeah the these guys staff are... is midget aliens that are stealing people. <laughs> Yeah, and they're they're coming right at them, and they get into this, you know, a little bit of a fight here. But it's funny, uh, the alien kind of like uses his power to like zap Doll Man there to like stop him, and he says, uh, you know, that they're going to have all these uh, people to make into more, you know, doubles or mush here, right? Mm-hmm. Mm -hmm. Yeah, and then, uh, you know, they they can't. Uh, Sam says, "Tarnation, these little critters have got some kind of force, even I can't beat." And Kathy Kane says, "There's got to be a way out of it." And Rod, sure, lady, but what? And then Dollman says, hang on, guys, I've got an idea. They canceled our physical movements, but I've got a mental action I can try. And he says, you mean your mind over matter powers? You haven't used them in a while. And this was, you know, going back a few issues. There's a little uh, editor's note there to let us know back in uh, issue in, uh, five. Yeah, they're trying to, you know, increase the Sweden Fighters' powers. Everybody sort of had a, additional powers, which sort of got left behind. Yeah, because yeah, so then, then some of them did make sense. Yeah. Yeah, no, Phantom Lady's power upgrade works. Yeah, that's about it. Yeah. And well, never, he, why does Dollman have telepathy? Yeah. Yeah, and then he also turns back into, you know, like human size, and then he's able to break free and start pounding on these guys. And look at that on page 13 there. He knocks two of them or throws two of them to the ground and then steps on their heads like curb stomps them. <laughs> yes. Jeez. Wow. <laughs> and then... Uh, the alien looks at him and goes, you must be halted. And all of a sudden you hear, maybe, bud, but you won't be able to the one to do it. And <laughs> ba Babs ba bounces a batarang off the guy's head. Yeah. <laughs> Knocks him out. Yeah. And they just rope up all the rest of them. There's these tiny little guys, and they actually do look tiny in that picture there. Uh, that panel on page 13 at the bottom there. But, uh, you know, they're able to then uh, still use their, you know, mental powers to get the like human-sized, uh, you know, synthesoids or whatever synthetic beings you want to come to, you know, march them forward like an army to, you know, attack the freedom fighters. And there's another big fight here, right? Yeah, two-page fight scene, and the, and the freedom fighters and the bat ladies can just go wild at it because they're not alive. Yeah, <laughs> knock their heads off. Yeah, they knock their heads off and do all sorts of violent stuff. You know, you weren't supposed to be doing in a kids comic because again, yeah, they're not real. <laughs> and Uncle Sam. And now, you young whippersnapper, you're going to tell me what happened to the bomb phantom lady in the ray. <laughs> and I'm like, what do you mean? 
he calls him a whippersnapper. That's usually like a, a more of a young person. I thought I'm like, okay, <laughs> well, guy could be like a million years old, man. You don't yeah, know. He's only three feet tall. <laughs> but uh, he all of a sudden, boom, in the in the office here, it comes Phantom Lady, Human Bomb and the Ray. They're back. And she says, them critters don't understand English. They evidently feel that we are inferior creatures and consider our talk gibberish. And he goes, we had to play show and tell to get them to send us home. And tarnation, and, where in the blue blazes have you kids been? <laughs> and they come and all the people get freed and come sliding down the ramp like the end of uh, Close Encounters of the Third Kind. <laughs> yeah, they really do. <laughs> and then uh, our buddy Sam here, you know, they're they're basically like, you know, all right, let's, uh, you know, get these aliens. Well, the aliens are like, see you later. And they just jump on their plane and take off. i love that that was really good and then uh, we get an epilogue here at the end back at the uh carnival and you know with uh kathy and uh babs here and they talk about a vacation and babs says vacation kathy i'm in the first or i'm in the in the past week i've battled a trio of super villainesses an alien invasion i'm going back to washington dc where it's nice and peaceful (laughs) (laughs) and then it says about yeah go look for the next issue of batman family there right yep yeah, I, I, while we were talking, I pulled up that issue. I did have the 117. I remember it quite well. Good. That man, bat, my gold. I'm going to go later today, probably we'll be reading some of those Batman families. Cool. Excellent. Yeah. Good plan. Yeah. Because yeah, there's then, some really good, talented people working on those books. It's like, wow. Yes. Oh, yeah, so. great names. So, yeah, and then it's you know, it's kind of the end of things here. But I was going to say, um, be, rereading this uh, recently, um. I think I think they knew that this was going to be the last issue because it feels rushed. Mm-hmm. And yeah, really, that if, bit, there's a lot of alien invasion coming to and from a planet all in a single issue. Yeah. And if it had been spread out over another issue, they could have developed that a little more and let it play out. And at the same time, started introducing the next subplot. Yeah. Which would let the story breathe a little bit more. But yeah, you know, they, they had to really cram in the the rescue instead of letting it play out nicely. Yeah, but he, if if they know that's the last issue, let's let's get the story finished anyways. Yeah, and Tom says, uh, uh, "So what do we do now, Sam? Pack up and head for another town to hide in?" And uh, Sam says, "Not this time, Tom. This time we stay put, establish our new identities." And then we take this show of ours on the road. So they're going to be carnies now, apparently. Mm-hmm. And Sam says, so we can start looking for the silver ghost again, and we won't quit until we find him. And then the box at the end says, but the silver ghost will be easy to find, for he is searching for the freedom fighters. And the sinister silver menace will find them, and so will you in Supervillain Team Up, uh, the Secret Society of for Supervillains uh, uh, 16, on sale May 23rd. Don't you dare miss it. And uh, yeah, that that comic was not to be right. And it never had because the DC yeah. implosion happened. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And so good, and and I will say this: I was an avid reader, secrets, uh, secret society, super villains, and all the stuff that tied into it, like the giant side, uh, you know, super team family and stuff like that. Yeah. So, and that's a Bob Rosakis comic I really liked because yeah, I just it was it it started out a little rough. But when it found its groove, it really found a good groove, especially when uh, they art when um, they brought in Mike Vosberg as the artist. It got steady again. It, it, and uh, 
Rosakis had finished up some remaining plot threads and then introduced some new ones. I always really enjoyed Secret Society as well. And at that point, there were two parallel stories going on. The wizard had his group over trying to defeat the, the Justice Society in Earth 2. And uh, the Mirror Master and Copperhead were stuck behind. And they're reforming a brand new you know, yeah. market venture for the Secret Society. And the Silver Ghost showed up. So all these comics, I said I loved buying them. So, um, you know, you're buying Batman family and reading Batgirl and Batwoman stories. And they're, they see the freedom fighters and they're going to be showing up with the secret society. It's, it was all coming together. Stories were referencing other comics because often back then I was frustrated because I liked the interaction of the uh, of the heroes and references to other stories. And sometimes that didn't happen. Yeah. And, and, you know, this month Superman is doing X, Y, Z and maybe Green Lantern shows up, but in Green Lantern's book, he was doing ABC and he couldn't have, and there's no reference to that thing that was going on with this. They, uh, I just wanted to see even a pass. So, so glad you helped me with the X, Y, Z matter kind of stuff. And there was so little of that, but this, Bob was really connecting all the characters he was writing. Yeah. Um, even the, the, a few issues ago in Freedom Fighters, that first page, the newscaster, is, he works with WGNY, which is the, the Galaxy Broadcasting Company, New York City affiliate, where Martha mm-hmm. Roberts works. So he's in, in referencing stuff to his, his work in the Teen Titans. So I was really looking forward to Secret Society. And then all the books were canceled yeah mm. so sad there was some really good stuff that went by the wayside i mean some yeah. stuff got saved justice society got to move to adventure um but you know like i've never read the whole cavalcade i haven't either i'm so glad you sent me the link to it yeah i'm gonna have to go check it's it hard out hard to read but it's gonna be fun yeah but that's um, but that's a weird thing you can see how much this book was ready this book was done yeah, and, and I'm looking at it on the app, and it is really crisp. It was ready to go to press. It was. And it's some it, of the best Mike Vosberg art I've ever seen. Yeah. Because he was mm. getting better and better. Um, yeah. I do. I'm, I'm like come thumbing through it now, and it's just so good. And I even like the Alex Savick cover. Yeah, it's very reminiscent of the um... – the Freedom Fighters cover he just did, the same sort of vanishing point. Yeah. The app, you know, I you'd be better to look at it. would look way better on there if it was cleaned up a bit because, you know. Oh, I, yeah, it's really clean. I mean, they took time to clean it up. Yeah. It's, it's, when they pub- they, I mean, this was published in that hardcover. Both of the issues were, you know, you know, this is the play. They're using the digital images they did when they put out those two hardcovers. I may have to get that hardcover just to be. Yeah, it's hard to fight. It's expensive. Oh, wow. Look for the trade. It's, yeah, it's, it's out of print. It's yeah. out of print, and it was an incredibly low print run. I wish I had not sold mine. It is. Uh, I do like that. The one thing I like about the Ultra is now one reason that made me drop the extra money was all the hard, all the tra- all the trades that are in it. Yeah, they put a bunch on. Yep. Wow, more and more every day. So. Yeah, so this one, yeah, it's an interesting one here. It's <clears throat> called Murder Times 7, uh, and it's uh, like you know, our buddy Bob Rozak is there, and then, uh, like you said, there's some Vosberg in there, 
and uh, some inks by Bob Smith. Uh, letters Shelley Lefferman and editing is uh, Jack C. Harris. And yeah, there is a See, huge mine doesn't have a Bob Smith oh, ink no? credit on the oh. inside. Like whited it out, so it uh, may not be his inks. Maybe that's oh, who that's was going to do I'm it. I'm seeing it's whited out too. Where are you seeing that? Um, this is on Billy. the Grand Comics database. Oh, okay, oh, okay. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, it's and it does say it's in Secret Society of Supervillains number two, the trade that you're talking about, Ross. So yeah, so maybe be, it is Bob Smith. It, it, it could be really, Bob Smith. Yeah, it could be Bob Smith. Is a pretty he's good. Name. Yeah, he's yeah. solid. He doesn't really he fiddle. He cleans up. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and it's just uh just the synopsis here says uh, Silver Ghost hires the Secret Society to take out the Freedom Fighters, provided they recruit Killer Moth, Seismatic, and Quake Master. Soon, <laughs> soon after the freedom fighters who are currently spending time at Kane's colossal carnival receive news that the silver ghost has been spotted at four locations across the country. The freedom fighters split up to check out the tip. Meanwhile, the members of the secret society of supervillains operating on earth Two continue to target the JSA this time going after Mr. Terrific. So yeah, it's a, uh, you know, like you said, Ross, you have a, a pretty clean copy there to look at. Cause the one you, you know, you can find online is, it man, I find it incredibly tough to follow along what's going on just because the, the the copies they have online are just not very good. I can imagine how this would be really hard in black and white to read it. it there's some nice stuff. I like the Carney traveling Sam six man and six one girl man and one gr- one girl show. <laughs> that sounds a little like a porno. <laughs> I'm just saying that sounds like a really unsavory porno. Hey, that's how you get customers. Yeah, it's the 70s. It was Giuliani, the 70s. Man, Giuliani yeah. hadn't cleaned up this carny. Yeah. <laughs> oh, that's wild. But yeah, I mean, from what you can see on the scans online, again, if this was like fully realized, you know, uh, colored and this and that, oh, it would be really nice looking comic, right? It, it yeah. was. And uh, Billy, have you read the Secret Society stuff? I only have maybe three or four issues of that, the earlier numbers, you know, for, from the first like five or six. That's all I have. Oh, yeah. Uh, but the, after. Captain Comet gets there, and Yay. then there's, there is yeah. this little uh, because in the second volume of the trade, the first three issues are Superman, Super Team Super family team. stories with him, uh, and it, it it ties in, it advances his story, and it's all part of the search for Gene Loring Adam story. Hmm, okay, yeah, that and sounds that, cool, and it is good. But the Mike once Mike Vosberg took over, I used to when I was a kid, I didn't really get it, but now when I reread it, his art's really dynamic. Yeah. Yeah. And he knows how to tell a story. Oh, that's uh, cool. Yeah. So, and if you ever get it, read it because what I like in the previous issue is on the splash page where with the wizard's telling his squad of supervillains that they're going to go to Earth 2. The picture of the Justice Society showing is that splash page from the origin issue, except okay. for the Adam who's been redrawn in his cyclotron costume. By Mike Vosberg. Yeah, with the fin. With the fin, because in the originally he's wearing his this, but in the this storyline he is wearing his uh, costume with the fin. Oh, okay. Well, that's pretty cool. Yeah, I like. Yeah, I it like is that. really. It really ties into that that era of Justice Society too. Yeah, it's it. It looks like, and it's funny too. Like we were saying about how it looks online here. When once you get to a a certain point in the the, the scans here. It's definitely just, you know, pencil work. There's no inks to it at all. Like, it's almost like half of it's ink, the other half isn't. It's 
yeah. that's when it's like, oh, forget it, man. This you first can... issue is inked fully, and then the second issue in this one is uh, some people are inked, like an arm here, a head there, a face there, part of an eyeball. It's some lettering is inked. The letter, and I'm not sure if the the word balloons were put in for the comic cavalcade. Yeah, you yeah, know, it's, they're it's normally rough. laid in after the art is, weren't they? Uh, yeah. No, I think you had to put the word balloons in first before you could finish inking the image, so you know where the word balloons are. Oh, so you don't put anything in the background behind them. Yeah. Gotcha, gotcha, gotcha. Okay, that, that now that makes sense. I mean, it's 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 good. There's some great stuff in the first one. I think I like that they're using they, Mister Terrific. Well, uh, it puts it back to the Freedom Fighters because we mm -hmm. pick up right where we left them. Yeah, they're, still in, they're doing their their carnival act. They're still at Kathy Kane's carnival, and they're still in Provincetown. Mm -hmm. And yeah. so, if you readers who've not been reading Freedom Fighters, you can read. You can jump right into this. Yep. Yeah. Because it it you could read this as a freedom fighter carry on. There is some of the stuff with Earth too that doesn't have anything to do with them, but yep. it's interesting. It's very interesting. Yeah, so I mean Terry Sloan fighting Blockbuster. Mm -hmm. Yeah, and the kids don't recognize him. Like they make a nasty comment to him. They, uh, he's remembering being at you know kids going, "Wow, Mister Terrific," and now he's walking around and. Um, Thinking, don't know what possessed me to put my costume on and come here, but whatever happens has got to be more exciting than my boring life in seclusion. And one of the kids <laughs> goes, "Hey, Gramps, is your little league uniform? Is that your little league uniform from the good old days?" Nah, he, the old coot just thinks he's some kind of superhero. <laughs> That's funny. Yeah, and then uh, there's a what does he say? There's a magical illusion here. Uh, uh, see Batman. Yeah, the wizard needs to mo Batman. motivate Blockbuster to kill him, so he makes him look like Batman. <laughs> yeah, which is funny, and he goes nutty here, doesn't he? He attacks him. Oh yeah, he he really Blockbuster really hates Batman. Yeah, and then uh, the Ray is fighting Killer Moth, and is that Quake? That's not Quake, man. Yeah, Quake Master. Yeah, yeah. The first nine pages is the Freedom Fighters story. Before yeah. we cut back to Earth. Man, that's a great page. Can you see page eight where the ray gets blasted at the top? And he Oh, is, yeah. It really reminds me like of a Jerry Ordway or a Gil Kane panel. Oh, it's, it's very Gil Kane-ish. Yeah, it is. Very Gil Kane action figure in the, the one panel of the of the cityscape behind the three panels. Yeah, yeah. where you had a three, four, you had like a 45-degree angle looking over the entire city. Yeah, that's magnificent. Yeah. Yeah, that is really nice. Wow. Yeah, this, that's a really nice page. This, it's a shame this wasn't pushed. This story just cooks. We get the Freedom Fighters. We get the Ray fighting and getting defeated. Then we cut to Earth 2, and Mr. Terrific gets beat up for no reason. He's my hero. He's my favorite. He just stands there, though. He doesn't run away. He doesn't save the kids. We got to take him out quickly. Yeah. And the Ray is literally left in an alley. And he's going to leave the book at that point. Oh, and, wow. And we get back to the Freedom Fighters. With, uh, oh, that's a, then it's the last page. Wow. Yeah. <laughs> and, and, and then the next issue is just basically it's the, it's a, the Freedom Fighters arc. For my, my only uh, complaint with it, we don't have any Earth 2 bits of the Secret Society. And yeah. What would have been the Secret Society's next issue. Yeah. It was and what just gets, the Freedom Fighters story. 
Yeah, and what gets me too is because that that whole that 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 arc is finished up in Justice League's one sixty six to one sixty seven and one sixty eight. Yeah. Yeah, it's it's a but but it never mentions what happened on Earth too. No, and and the thing that's these two unpublished issues, there's no Captain Comet. Yeah, that's another drawback. He had just left Earth three to make his way to Earth 2. I'll continue with the story. I really, really liked this story, the Secret Society story and the Freedom Fighter story. I was so looking forward to it. Yeah. But in in the Secret Society, the wizard who had originally come from Earth 2, he took over the Secret Society, and his plan was to go back to Earth 2 to defeat the Justice Society. That was his whole Mm. plan, and that played out over several issues. So they left Earth 1 to go to Earth 2, and they got lost and ended up on Earth three, and Captain. So Captain Comet ends up battling the um, the crime syndicate on Earth three, while the villains continued on to Earth two and started taking down the Justice Society one member at a time. Yeah, oh, I would wanted Captain Comet to go to Earth two and do what he did. In the comic on Earth 3. Why Captain yeah. Comet is such an underrated superhero. He went and researched where he was to find out what was going on. Oh, yeah. I, I loved him in all these books. All these... Yeah, Rose, it was, Rosakis was writing a lot of this stuff and used yeah, him. And yes. he, he, he brought him into secret society to be like, no one remembered him so he could go undercover. Exactly. And even and he, he was, battled some superheroes, and then finally, I think he, Hawkman or Kid Flash realizes that he's not a bad guy. Yeah, and then he becomes the hero. Yeah, Those you're a hero, stories. but keep keep spying on the secret society. So I I drew a page where Captain Comet, uh, in the first panel, he's flying down to the Justice Society headquarters, and he so essentially rings the bell. And Wildcat sees him on the monitor, and Captain Comet explains who he is and why he's there. So <laughs> we can get the story moving. But unfortunately, Bob didn't have room for Captain Comet, which is too yeah. bad. Mm, yeah, that is too bad. But all right, well, if you guys are ready to wrap things up here, we can. So, you know, overall, you know, Freedom Fighters, a lot of fun. No matter who the creative team was, I always had fun with it. Maybe a little disjointed early on, but once Rosakis and uh, at all got on here, it really uh, found its way, right? Yeah. yeah, I think it ends it ends solidly. I mean, it, I think there's yeah. some rough. I think the 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 hardest part is some of the the art, and that's mostly due to the able inks. I think, that's, and that would be my only. Yep. It's um, and it's definitely a comic of its time because we're right. And the implosion, DC was going to expand, which was good. I think yep. the idea they had of adding backup features and bigger comics to get more bang for the buck was not a bad idea. Mm-hmm. Uh, but after the implosion, they had they did some good course correction and some good people got put in charge. Yeah, it so took I a think while, though. It took a while. It took a yeah, year or two. The, but once, the corporate once, heads just wanted to slash Once Jeanette Kahn cleaned up the mess and eventually when Paul Levitz and Dick Giordano kind of move up. Yeah. In leadership, you have a better quality because when Dick Gir- wasn't it Paul publisher and Dick Giordano editor in chief or something? Uh, much later, much yeah, later, Dick okay. became editor in chief uh, in the early eighties. Okay, 
but, but uh, I was just looking at these these scans of the unpublished stuff, man. We missed they were going to the origin of the human bomb. Yeah. And the story ends on another cliffhanger with the silver ghost knowing who Rod Riley was. And he's really there after Firebrand this whole time. I want to know what that story was all about. This is the story just kept going. I mean, oh, yeah, that Firebrand well. yeah, knew who Silvermane was. No, Silver Ghost. Silvermane never yet knew who Firebrand was. Yeah. <laughs> so yeah. that's this story was plotted out all the way. It was going to go and go and go and go and go, but oh, well. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, shame they couldn't at least finish that last storyline. You know, that would be yeah. nice. So, all right. Well, like I said, that's that's going to do it for us here. So uh, if anybody's looking to find uh, you, Ross, out there, where can they find you? They can find my comic book show, Stop, Let's Team Up, which consists of my Legion adventure, which is my Legion read-along read from their first appearance until whenever I finish. Um, uh, uh, Opal City Confidential, a Starman podcast, where I cover all the Starman, me members of the Starman family. And uh, weekly, I uh, weekend show, which will jump from either team lineups to origins to super teams or team up books. Uh, Billy uh, was on, well, with posted last night. We recorded it our time yesterday. Uh, we did the Wrecking Crew Gamma Bomb plot line from Defender 17 through 19. Wow. So, yeah, <laughs> a lot of fun. A lot of fun. Yeah. But, or you can, check, you can also check out my Doctor Who podcast at Gallifrey's Most Wanted. Mm -hmm. What about you, Terry? Um, you guys, keep, you guys keep me too busy to, to listen to all the podcasts. Just keep cranking them out. I'll find a chance to listen to them. <laughs> <laughs> I, I, uh, I can be found. I'm, I'm on Twitter at High Ward Hill Terry, I think. But, uh, and, I, and I play in a rock and roll band called Stop Calling Me Frank. We have records available on Bandcamp through Rumbar Records. We have, uh, you can digital download, or you can buy physical LP or CD or singles. And come see us as we play in and around the Boston area. Cool. Yeah. And I will have links to all of this stuff uh, in the show notes. So everybody definitely uh, check them out. But yeah, that's going to be it for uh, this uh, episode. And it's going to be it, obviously, for the Freedom Fighters. But a lot of fun was had. But uh, yeah, that's going to uh, take us out. So thanks, everybody, for listening. And thank you, two guys, for being on with me.